Welcome to the Sunday morning service. You're listening to the First Century Apostolic Church FCAC Tema Community 5, Ghana. We preach, teach, and live the complete and unadulterated Word of God with genuine miracles, signs, and wonders taking place at every meeting with the Holy Spirit. Our aim is the following the steps of the apostles and disciples of the First Century Church founded by our Lord Jesus Christ. Get ready, therefore, for a powerful encounter with the Word and power of God, brought to you by Reverend Dr. V.C.Y. Edwards, the General Overseer of FCAC. He is a seasoned man of God who is blessed with a powerful teaching and deliverance ministry. Join us every Sunday at 9 a.m. prompt for our morning church services. Your life will never be the same again. God richly bless you as you join us in the service. Praise the Lord. This morning I want to begin a two-part series on demons in humans. Demons in humans. Today is part one. Next week, part two. This is just a bit of a subject we call in theology, demonology. It's a little bit of demonology as is known in theology. And we're looking at demons in humans, a small part of demonology that is very relevant to all of us. And we take our text from the book of Luke, Luke's Gospel, chapter 11. Luke 11, verses 24 to 26. Demons in humans. Luke's Gospel, chapter 11, verses 24 to 26. And this is Jesus speaking. He said, When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places, seeking rest, and finding none, he says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it swept and put in order. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits, more wicked than himself. Enter and dwell there. And the last stage of that man is worse than the first. Let's look at the same thing from Matthew 11. So Matthew 12. Matthew 12. Verses 43 to 45. Matthew has a bit more to it. So Matthew chapter 12. Verses 43 to 45. Matthew 12, 43. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finds none. Then he says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it empty. Matthew asks, empty, swept and put in order. 
Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter and dwell there. And the last stage of that man is worse than the first. So shall it also be with this wicked generation. Now Matthew concludes by saying that so shall it also be with this wicked generation. Just say amen. amen. Demons and humans. As you probably know, demons are fallen angels. They used to be holy angels. But they fell when they rebelled against God in heaven. And God cast them out of heaven to the earth and they changed. So they became fallen angels. They are angels who are fallen. They are no longer angels. They are no longer holy angels. They are holy angels, God's angels who are in heaven and fallen angels who belong to Satan. And these are demons. Demons are therefore fallen angels. And they are Satan's spirit beings. They belong to Satan. They are Satan's army whom he uses to attack and destroy humans or our possessions. They are Satan's army under Satan's command. And he uses them to attack and to destroy humans. Their purpose is to attack and destroy human beings or our possessions. And all these things they do for a purpose. The ultimate goal, the ultimate purpose, the reason why they do all these things is to make, to lead people to hell. To make human beings go to hell. So, anyone who is under demonic attack, anyone who is being harassed by demons, it is not for fun. The ultimate purpose, let us not forget this, is to lead that person to hell. So that person will miss heaven and gain hell instead. God's purpose for humankind is that we all should gain heaven. God does not wish anyone to perish, but every human being must ultimately gain heaven. The devil's purpose, ambition, is the opposite. That human beings may miss heaven and gain hell. Now, there are other names we have for demons. They are sometimes called unclean spirits. As you see here, Jesus said, when an unclean spirit goes out of a man. They are also called unclean spirits because, in fact, they are dirty and ugly. When they were cast out of heaven, they did not retain their beautiful angelic figure or structure. They did not, God did not permit them to maintain or keep their beautiful angelic appearance. But they were changed and they became ugly and dirty. Therefore, we call them unclean spirits. They are not clean, unclean spirits. 
not in appearance, but everything they do is unclean. All that they purpose to do, or all their work, is unclean. They are all abominations, detestable acts before God. And therefore, they are also called unclean spirits. Hallelujah. Because they are dirty. They are also ugly. They are not nice. If an angel appears, angels usually come with shining clothes, white clothes. You know, they look clean. They look, but demons, ugly, unclean. They are also wicked spirits. They are wicked spirits. How do they have a demons? Is wicked. They are wicked spirits. And because they are very wicked, in them there's no good. There's nothing like good. There's nothing like love. There's nothing like mercy, compassion. It's just wickedness. 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 And therefore, they are called wicked spirits because of their wickedness. Another name we have for them is foul. F-O-U-R. Foul spirits. F-O-U-L. Sorry. F-O-U-L. Foul spirits. Foul means something that is smelly. That has an odor. Doesn't smell nice. When you say a foul smell, means a bad smell. They are sometimes referred to as foul spirits because they smell. They smell. And if you have the gift, you are so gifted, you see that every time you are doing, a lot of time when you are doing deliverance, when I'm doing deliverance, a lot of times, not always, but many, many a time when I'm doing deliverance, one way I can tell that the spirit is leaving, that the demon is leaving, is at that time, there's a foul odor. There's a, a smell, a bad smell that comes over that person. It just issues out of the person being delivered. And that is how I can tell that that demon is truly leaving. And when the demon has left, then the odor, the foul smell ceases, stops. The person falls down, and when he or she wakes up, I don't smell, I don't smell that smell, that odor on him or her anymore. So that demon has left with that foul, smelly, bad odor. So we call them foul spirits, spirit because of the way they smell. Praise the Lord. Now, as you know, and if you didn't know, you know it from today, that every human being consists of three parts. Everybody is made up of three parts. If you didn't know this, know it from today. Wherever you are, whoever you are on the face of the earth, in anywhere in the world, you are made of three parts. You consist of three parts. Your spirit, the spirit of man, there's a spirit in man, spirit. And it is this spirit that keeps us alive. The moment the spirit leaves, the person dies. So everyone living alive so because the person's 
a person's spirit is still in him. The Bible said that when God formed Adam, he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. God put that spirit into him, and that spirit belongs to God. Came from God, that gives us life. And that spirit is the source of our life. So, everyone is made up or has a spirit which is the source of his or her life. Keeps him alive. Jesus said, Father, into your hands I submit my spirit. He breathed his last and died. Stephen, when he was being martyred, into your hands, Lord, I submit my spirit. The moment that spirit leaves, that is it. That is the end of physical life. But, of course, spiritual life continues. So, everyone has a spirit. And then we also have a soul. Everybody, in addition to your spirit, you also have a soul. And the soul is the source of consciousness or awareness. The spirit is the source of life, but the soul is what makes you aware. You are aware that this is, this is I, this is me. I am here today and not elsewhere. This is where I am. And the soul that you think, take decisions, do many things. We're not going to, but the soul also has three parts. But know that you have a soul. And the soul is the source of consciousness, makes you conscious. And makes you aware. When the goes to sleep, that is sleep. When a person sleeps, the soul is asleep. You don't know where you are. You don't know what goes on. You are not aware of your environment. But when you regain consciousness, your soul wakes up. Then you know where you are and um, you know what is going on around you. And then third, number three, is the body. Now, the body is the, the physical structure, what you see. The spirit and the souls are not visible. They are not visible with the eye, with the ordinary eye. You can't see the spirit. You can't see the soul. But the body is what you see. The body is what you refer to as that, this person or that person. The body is how we identify somebody with. But remember that the body is only a house. The, the body that you, you have is only a house. It is a physical structure in which is the soul and the spirit. The body is a physical structure. The Bible sometimes calls it a tent. It's like you living in a tent. Someone living in a tent. Or a vessel. A vessel. And in it, the spirit and the soul are housed. Their house. Praise the Lord. Now, Jesus said that when there's an unclean spirit, in other words, when a demon or a wicked spirit or a foul spirit goes out of a man, goes out of a man, which means that that spirit was before inside the man, inside the, inside the person. But now, it can go out. It can go out and it can come in. It, it has the capacity, the ability to go out. It also has the power to come in again. 
Because remember the body we said is a house in which the soul and the spirit. So the spirit being spirit, the soul also being considered. Now evil spirit can also come in and go. And when this spirit goes out of a man, it goes through dry places. In other words, unfriendly terrain, uncomfortable places. That's not where it wants to be. And it's seeking rest, looking for rest. It goes up a man looking for rest. And of course, he said it finds none. It doesn't find rest anywhere. Everywhere is dry. There's no comfortable place for him to dwell compared to where he was before. That was inside the man. So, having gone around seeking rest and finding none, he says to himself, now, I'll go back to my house. I'll go back to my house. Jesus used the word house because that is how these unclean spirits see human beings. They see your body and my body as a very comfortable, nice, clean house. And they call them my house. My house. Praise the Lord. Put your hands up for Jesus. Unclean spirits can follow. They can follow. They can monitor <laughs> or even enter certain creatures. They can follow human beings. They don't necessarily have to be inside a person. They can follow you. They can follow me. They can follow a person. Everywhere you go, they'll be training you, monitoring you, go, going with you, watching what you are doing. So when they want to destroy things that you are doing, they cannot enter you, but they want to destroy things that belong to you. They follow you. And they destroy your business. They destroy your finances. Anyone that maybe is in a position to help you, they can influence that person's mind, make him change his mind. So that help will never come to you. So you continue to live under oppression, suppression, challenges, and then eventually you may then decide to resort to sin. Sin. And then they will help you. They will give, they will assist you to commit a sin or sins. So eventually you end up in hell. But they can monitor human beings. And don't forget they can monitor human beings. They do monitor human beings. And she said, when they cannot enter you, they like to monitor you and to destroy everything that is dear to your heart. They can even enter certain creatures like birds, lizards, rats. I mentioned about two years ago bats. Bats that appeared from nowhere when I was in Australia doing church in the middle of the night. Praying with all the doors and windows shut. I was alone. Midnight praying. And suddenly two bats appeared from nowhere. Two bats. And 
they meant to attack me and you know after i i, I continue my prayer and then after 30 minutes when i turn my prayers on them i started binding them and rebuking them then they said they just disappeared disappeared so they can enter into animals doesn't happen very often and monitor you we know how crows we all know, we, most of you know how crows used to sit church in newboy town and any stone they throw at them they will not move they will not move monitoring the church head of how we had a she's in germany now she she had a lizard a lizard on her wall in her kitchen and nothing she did would drive the lizard away throw stones through the lizard was just there day and night day and night day and night watching her every time she was in her kitchen it was only when we prayed in the church we prayed here in the church and for the first time she went to the lizard had, lizard had gone the lizard had to not move with even those stones and sticks and water was throughout it do not move but when we prayed and bound it and cast it out when she went home that lizard was gone so it doesn't happen very often but they can use animals and we know how satan entered the serpent in the garden of eden it was god who created the serpent god created a serpent and the serpent was bible said was more cunning he was the most clever you are the cleverest and many other things of all the beasts that god made god gave the serpent something special some special quality but a serpent allows satan to enter him and use him and use him and eve thought she was talking to the, to the, to the, to the serpent maybe she had, she had told the serpent before not knowing that it was satan who was actually speaking through the serpent praise the lord what am i saying we have other examples for example when we go to mark matthew chapter 4 matthew 4 verses 9 and 10 matthew 4 9 and 10 satan tempting jesus matthew chapter 4 9 and 10 and he said to him all these things i'll give you if you fall down and worship me then jesus said to him away with you satan for it is written you shall worship the lord your god and him only you shall serve i've preached on this before how satan can use even our relatives our friends people that we hold dear to our heart they can satan can use them to cause our downfall here satan sought to to detract to divert jesus from his mission on earth by asking god because god has come in the form of a man god jesus was a man so satan by asking jesus to worship him was trying to tell god that god should worship him satan and said jesus gave him rebuked him and gave him the right answer so you have to watch out watch out what is happening around you it is not everything that is just what you see because we live by faith and not just by sight then matthew again chapter 16 
verses 22 and 23. Again, Matthew 16, verses 22 and 23. Matthew 16, 22, 23. Then Peter took him aside. He took Jesus aside. And began to rebuke him. He began to rebuke Jesus. Look at this. Then Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. You are not mindful the things of God, but only of the things of men. Therefore, you are an offense to me. And for that reason, get behind me. This will serve as a lesson for us. That those we know, Peter was more or less the closest person to Jesus. And three verses above this, before this happened, just be before this happened, three verses before this, this same Peter has confessed that Jesus was the Son of God, was God. And Jesus has commended him, giving him full marks that flesh and blood has not revealed that to him, but his Father who is heavy. And then because of that, he will be called Peter and the whole lot of promises. Now, three verses down, this same Peter is rebuking Jesus for saying that he had come to die on the cross, that Jesus should not die. But Jesus saw that was Satan, this time speaking through Peter. Three verses before, Jesus saw that Father had revealed this to Peter. Peter had received revelation from God the Father. Now, three verses down, this same Peter is being used by Satan. To divert Jesus from his, the very reason why he came on earth. Stop him from accomplishing his mission here on earth. And Jesus perceives, could see Satan and said, Get thee behind me. Beloved, anyone doesn't matter how close that person is to you, and note this carefully. It doesn't matter how pressure the person is to you, how close. The person is to you. That person is not mindful of the things of God. But only the things of men. And we all, we all have people. We all have friends, relatives, co-workers, workmates. People we know. People we, we, we relate to. Who fall into this category. Anyone who is not mindful of the things of God. But only the things of men. Beware of such a person. Weigh that person's words, his conversation carefully before you say yes. Weigh carefully because Satan could be using such a person to make you fall or cause or downfall. Now, Luke 22, verse 31. Luke 22, verse 31. Luke's Gospel 22. Verse 31. Luke 22, verse 31. And the Lord said, 
Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. Satan has asked for you that he may sift you. Well, what said Praise the Lord. It's always good, beneficial. It's important to realize that once you are a believer, Satan will use every means. Therefore, the apostle Paul said, we are not ignorant. We shouldn't be ignorant of the devices of the devil. The schemes, the wiles. Always scheming, always coming up with new devices. And here again, Peter was close. Peter is the same as Simon here. Simon was a closer person to Jesus. So, who more can Satan use to influence Jesus negatively than the person or your closest lieutenant, the person who was second in command? So now, Satan must have come to say, oh, let me, give me Peter. Just like Satan asked for, for Job. Give me Peter. Let me test him. If, and Satan could have known, when Jesus was gone, Peter was going to be the leader of the apostles. So he said, give me Peter. That I may test him. And then we see whether he will still be with you. And you know how Peter, you know, what happened to him later? He said, Satan has asked of you that he may sift you as wheat. Now he will grind you and see and then show me what is in you. So that I will no longer trust you. I will no longer take you as my lieutenant. No longer close to me. But he said, I pray for you. Beloved, don't forget us believers. Satan is always asking for us. Asking for you. Devising schemes. Wiles. And therefore we should, we should not be you know, ignorant. Vigilant. Be sober and be vigilant. Be sober and be vigilant. The reason many of us are not able to maintain our deliverance is because maybe we, are, we don't know these things. Or we don't think they are important. And therefore we keep falling into the trap of Satan. We keep attracting demons into ourselves. We cast them out and they come back. We cast them out and they come back. We cast them out and they come back. Because we don't know these things or we are not careful to follow them because we consider that things more important than the word of God. Praise the Lord. May you all be mindful of things of God. Branches, may you all be more mindful of the things of God. Say a bigger amen. amen. Clap your children for Jesus. So though demons or evil spirits or unclean spirits can monitor and follow us, in fact, they very much prefer their preferred choice is their preferred choice is to influence us from inside. <laughs> to influence humans from within, not from outside, from within, by entering and inhabiting or indwelling us. That is yeah by far preferred that's what they prefer to do if they get a chance 
they will enter and influence from inside. They find that very, very, very more convenient than just following a monitoring. And that's why when an evil an English goes out of a man, now it was in the man before, but it can go out. So, when this happens, the demon sees the person as his house. That is his house. Because he may have been there for years. He didn't enter yesterday. Sometimes from, from the day the person was born. We have heard that before. We've seen that several times. During naming ceremonies that are performed in family homes, family houses, in the presence of the entire extended family, with all the witches and wizards in the family gathered, gathered therein, holding the child and admiring the child and you know they can they can do this easily that innocent child because the mother or the parents were careless they were ignorant therefore this child had to suffer this demonization all his or her life the fathers have eaten sour grapes the bible says that fathers have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge because the fathers have eaten sour grapes. The children's teeth are set on edge. I will follow Eddie and Kaitadia. I'm an old man. It wasn't the children who ate the sour grapes. Praise the Lord. May it never happen to us in this church. And that's why I want as a believer, remember that you are not serving God just for yourself. It is not just for you and you and only you, but always bear also bear in mind your children, your children's children, to their fourth, fifth, and sixth generations. They also stand to be blessed because of you or stand to be cursed because of your carelessness. Because of your not being mindful of the things of God but also being mindful of things of men. So they can enter human beings and that is their preferred, their preferred choice. Their main choice is to go to their house. They call us their house. The human body becomes their house because they feel very happy and very comfortable living inside human beings. Church, these demons feel very happy and very comfortable dwelling inside human beings. Therefore, they call the human body their house. Their house. But it doesn't belong to them. They didn't, they didn't build that house. That house was built by God. It's God who made your body. God who made my body. It doesn't belong to them. But they can't come and take it by force because you allow them. Because we open door for them. There's something called demonic doorways. You know, that's not the subject of this, this message. But there are mean, ways and means by which they enter, which we call demonic doorways. And if you open any of those doors, they can enter into you. But they call it my house. Praise the Lord. Now, an unclean spirit or a demon, a foul or wicked spirit, can, can when it enters a human body, it can dwell in one or, or more. 
one, two, or three of the three parts of a man. Listen carefully. And this is where many people don't, don't seem to know. They don't seem to realize. Now, an unclean spirit, when he enters into a man, we to call his house, is like having a hall, chamber, and kitchen. Three parts of a man. It can occupy, very often it occupies one, or two, or all three parts of the man. In other words, it can, it can occupy the soul or the body and rarely the spirit. Now, when one part, when one part of a person or two parts of the person is occupied, we say the person is demonized. The person has a demon. Demonized. Hallelujah. Demonization. When one part, two parts of a person are indwelled, occupied, filled, is taken over by an unclean spirit, we say that person is demonized. Or he has a demon. The part of a man that is most frequently Occupied or taken over by the soul. The soul. When the soul, when the unclean spirit enters the man, the, very often the first part it goes for is the soul. Because this is where the person, this is the, where this, this is the decision making center. Decision making center, like a, a CP of a computer. So the soul. And we begin to control the person. When the demon takes over the soul, it is not able to control the thoughts and the actions of that person. Without a person knowing that he or she is under the control of an unclean spirit. In fact, most people who are demonized may not be aware they will think that it is their own thoughts. They will believe that it is their own actions. Without knowing that actually they are being controlled. They are being given thoughts. Thoughts are being put into their head by the demons who are, who are occupying their soul. Such people very often find it difficult to serve God. like this in fact find it impossible to serve God though they may want to they may want to yet they can't their spirit may be willing spirit may be willing but they, they just find they cannot and they can't see how some of them may not see they don't understand why you are able to serve God but they cannot they don't have that love they don't have that will they, don't, they are not able to do so that's the first thing you have to watch out for. That person whose soul is occupied, has been taken over by demons, demonized, first evidence is that the worship of God, serving God, loving God, becomes difficult for them. Difficult. Number two, 
Also, they are sinful. They are sinful. They, they, they find pleasure in committing sins. They enjoy committing sins. And sometimes they are even hostile to church and to Christians. They become hostile to church and to Christians. They become friendly with the world. Friendship with the world, don't forget, the Bible says, enmity with God. In fact, they have friendship with the world. And they become enemies of God because their souls have been taken over by demons. They may think that it is them who, who just don't like the church. But it's also, many years ago, we were looking for land to buy to establish one of our branches. And uh, I, was invite, I, was refer, I was introduced to this man who was selling his land. A very good land, a very strategic place. And we had a mind to buy the land. The moment the man heard that we were going to build a church, we were buying the land for church, he told me that for that reason, he will not sell his land to me. If it's just for church, for church building, no way. You'd rather sell it to somebody who wants to establish a discotheque or a drinking bar or anything, but not for church. And later on, I got to this man traveled outside. And when he was outside, the country where he went to, that country, they didn't believe in God. Where he went to study, that country does not believe in the existence of God. In fact, they, they, they don't, they, they clamp down on the worship of God. So he came back not believing God. And he said, he won't sell me the land. He won't sell out the land. And that was it. No matter what I said, no, no. He said, it's for church. He not sell it to us. And such a person cannot be anything else but demonize in his soul. Then the next most, the next frequent place that to occupy is the body. Have the soul, some of them will go for the body. And when they go for the body, they cause disease. They cause disease. The soul they use to prevent you from worshiping God, so I go to hell. They can also attack us in our bodies. Don't forget the man in the synagogue who had a withered hand. Jesus cast out the, the demon and the hand was straightened. The woman who was bent over and could by no means straighten up. When Jesus cast out the demon, she was able to stand straight. And we see that all the time, a lot of time in the church. People come with sicknesses. I know it. When you come and you, you know, say, oh, this sickness is, is, is an attack. Attack that your body, the body has been attacked. The body is being attacked. When the body is attacked, it is prevented from performing its God-given function. If you can, if the person becomes paralyzed, God gives the legs so you can walk. Now, when your body is attacked, a demon can make a person paralyzed. I know many years ago there was a sister and her two sisters actually who were paralyzed. Different times. One was paralyzed for three weeks. Couldn't walk. The whole neighborhood, the whole neighborhood knew her as paralyzed. Finished. And they carried her to the church. We prayed for her. Within one minute, we cut the demons out and she stood up walking in the church. Everybody was amazed. Praise the Lord. Another person also who was paralyzed at home because she opened a very big door. She went to buy alcohol and drink alcohol to a funeral and came back paralyzed. And we didn't see her in the church in church. She went to 
Look for her, and we saw her paralyzed at home. We pray for her, the demons manifested. And in Jesus' name, we cast them out. And she stood up and started walking immediately. We brought her outside and paraded her down the street. Everybody could see, and we all marveled. How could this sister start walking? We made sure everybody saw that Jesus had healed her. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Clap your children for Jesus. So when they attack the body or they, they, they indwell the body, they call disease and they call sickness. That's why when we, we go, we do, when we healing someone we know is attacked, we go for a demon. We go for a jugular. We don't go for a sickness. We go for a jugular. In Jesus' name, the jugular is the demon. When the demon is gone, the person gets his healing. May you all be delivered. May you all be healed in Jesus' name. To put your hands out for Jesus. Praise the Lord. Second Corinthians 4. Second Corinthians 4. 3 and 4. Second Corinthians chapter 4. Verses 3 and 4. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. The Bible says, But even if our gospel, even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Look at this. If our gospel is veiled or hidden, if some don't believe in our gospel, they find it difficult to believe. It is to those who are perishing, those who are perishing, whose minds or whose souls the God of this age, Satan's agents, have has blinded, blinded them. They have eyes, but they can't see, ears they cannot hear. Who do not believe? They don't believe. Lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. So the fact that they don't believe is because a lot of times because they are demonized. The demon has blinded them, put a veil on them. They can't see. They can't see the light. And that's a lot of times when I pray for people and uh, you know I'm led. I ask them to open their eyes and I show them my hand. Because I know that when my hand is hot. When the anointing of the Holy Ghost upon me, I feel, I feel this heat in my hand. Now the fire of God. I know that there's light shining from me, shining from my hand. And this light is not ordinary light. It's not visible light. And I have them open your eyes, look into my hand. And when they see the light, it means that that light, what it means is that the light has been able to penetrate in the veil. If there's any veil, in the covering, the light has gone through it and shined in their souls. And some of them, as soon as they look, look in my hand, they see and they fall down. Some may have to look for a long time. And I, I, I don't hurry. I know that, you know, it takes time for the light to pass through. It's like the veil is being removed. Being removed. And I lift up my hand for a long time. Eventually, sometimes after two, three minutes, then 
That's when the light goes to and say, Thank you, Jesus. Say amen to that church. Clap your children for Jesus. So everything we do here, there's a biblical basis. There's a biblical reason why we do everything here. We just don't do things anyhow. Now, the spirit of a man is rarely or hardly inhabited by demons. The spirit is the most difficult part for a demon to inhabit. When a demon inhabits your spirit, it's a serial thing. Serial thing. Um, so God being merciful God being good does not allow demons to enter our spirits very easily but they can so first and foremost they go for the soul secondly the body causing disease and even death death but the spirit belongs to God and God does not allow the spirit to be taken over by demons easily unless in extreme cases, in very special cases, we take over. Hallelujah. Now, when all three parts, when all the three parts, the spirit, soul, and the body have been taken over by a demon, we say the person is demon-possessed. Now that person has become under the total possession, complete possession of the demons. Usually not just one, but many that time there are many there are many when all three parts spirit or let me use the soul body and spirit are taking over then the person becomes demon possessed the demon possessed person is a mad person and the person is mad mad it's crazy does he know where he is He's lost consciousness and doesn't know where he is. His spirit is controlled by demons and he doesn't care about the body. You can see them. The body is taking over so he can be walking about naked. Then you know that he's being naked. He's eating from the, from the, from the rubbish dump. Then you know that he's eating from the rubbish dump. Sitting by the road, people are looking at him naked, doesn't care. He's not aware of his body. The body is completely taken over. And very often, as you can see, they are dirty. You know, the, the, the body is, takes the shape of the demon. They are dirty. They don't bath. They are ugly. They don't shave. They their hair. The body looks ugly. And so this is a mad person. And the soul is gone. They can't think straight. They are talking to themselves. They are, you know, can say they're a mad person. The spirit is also gone. And so the person is demon-possessed. And that is a that is a terrible state. Very terrible state. Jesus said, and the final state of that person is worse. Because if, if the, the one demon, one unclean spirit is cast out, and he goes and calls seven others more wicked than himself, they come, seven of them, they come and they occupy the hall, the chamber, and the kitchen. Because there are seven, there are many. So they occupy all three parts. And by the final state of that man, is now worse than before. Worse than before. And that's the reason why we come to deliverance. It's, it's unwise. It's unwise to deliver somebody who is not a believer. Believer, because when that happens, the demon will go and the name of Jesus, under the anointed demon will have to leave. 
But he comes back with seven others, more wicked. And Matthew said the place is swept, empty, and put in order. But it's empty. And they come and dwell there. When dwell there. Praise the Lord. We have one example, many examples. Look at, look, look at this example in the Bible. Let's go to Mark's Gospel, chapter 5. Mark 5. 1 to 20, I'll read the whole story. We know that story already, but today we'll look at it again. Mark 5, 1 to 20. Mark chapter 5. Verses 1 to 20. So as I read you, this is that support what I've been saying. Mark 5, 1 to 20. Then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gadarenes. The country of the Gadarenes. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately they met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit. This man had an unclean spirit. He met Jesus. A man with an unclean spirit. Who had his dwelling among the tombs? You see, his soul was gone. His soul was gone. He lived in the, in the cemetery. He had made the cemetery his home. Who had, who had his dwelling among the tombs? And no one could bind him. Not even with chains. Demons can be very, very powerful. They are stronger than human beings. Because he had often been bound with shackles and chains. And the chains had been pulled apart by him. And the shackles broken in pieces. Neither could anyone tame him. You can't tame him. Not physically. You can't tame them physically. It's not by taming them. Not by chains. It's not by mental hospital. It's not by medications. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. He couldn't even feel his pain, his body gone. Crying out, cutting himself with stones, bleeding. Stones. When he saw Jesus from afar, from afar, when he saw Jesus from afar, not even close, he ran and worshipped him. He ran and worshipped him. The demons know that Jesus is God. Only God is worshipped. Even the demons. It's not the man who ran, the demons who ran and began to worship. They, they could recognize him from heaven. They knew him. And he created them. And he cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I implore you. I implore. I implore you by God that you do not torment me. Hmm. Look, at the, look at what the demon said. Verse 7. And he cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. The demons knew that Jesus, being God, had the power to torment them. Human beings, we cannot torment them. We cannot torment them. Only Jesus can torment them. For he, has, for he said to him, Come out of the man, unclean spirit. For Jesus has said to him, Come out of the man, come out of the man, unclean spirit. Jesus knew that that's not where the spirit was supposed to be. He was trespassing. That shouldn't be his home. So he said, come out. Come out. 
Then he said to him, What is your name? As we do here, what is your name? So when we are asking for names of demons, it's not it's not unusual. He says, What is your name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. We are many. They are, they are uncountable. One man, one body occupied by housing legions of demons. No wonder this man was completely gone. Also, he begged me earnestly that he would not send them out of the country. Now, they also begged that he would not send them out because they will go to dry places and they will not find rest. So he begged him. And that's why when we're doing deliverance, these demons, they, are not, they, are, they don't want to go easily. They, they, they try to hang on, hold on, lie and deceive because where, where are they going to dry places, finding no rest? So they try to hang on. And I see many pastors trying to do deliverance and they, they are joking. They are joking. Unless God has given you the anointing, the power, and commissioned you to do deliverance, you cannot. You cannot. A demon will pretend to be gone, but it's still there. Or you can spend five hours, six hours delivering one person. You shout demon, you, sorry, shout come out, come out, come out, come out. Someone told me that one day a pastor was doing deliverance. After three hours, the demon was still there. So the pastor asked for pure water to drink. He brought me a gallon of pure water. Then grog, 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 grog. Then he, he continued second half of the football match. Don't do deliverance that way. That pastor should know that he has not been commissioned to do deliverance. He hasn't got what it takes. So he shouldn't go into deliverance at all. Like the disciples of Jesus, they said, why could we not cut this one out? They tried. The, the boy's father said, I brought my son to your disciples. They couldn't cast the demon out. He said, bring him to me. Bring the boy to me. Then with one word, cast out the demon. Then the disciples said, why couldn't we cast it out? I said, oh, this one, this one, only by fasting and by prayer. Don't forget, demons have classes. They have classes. Some are stronger than others. Some are weak. Some are very, very strong. Some are very strong. And uh, no one is able to cast unless God has so anointed you and God has called you, purpose to give you the authority. Authority. God has said to us in this church, you remember he has said, and this church on the FCAC, no demon no demon shall ever be able to stand before us. I'm not forgetting that. No demon now shall be able to resist him here, not me. Him here because he's with us. No demon shall be able to stand here against us, against me, that means against him in this church. Don't forget that. Say amen to that. Clap your children for Jesus. Verse 10. So he begged Manasseh that he would not send them out of the country. Now, a large head of swine was feeding there near the mountains. Pigs. A large head, large numbers of, of pigs were feeding near on the mountains. So all the demons, all the demons begged him, saying, Send us to the swine that we may enter them. Because they didn't want to go to dry places. Let us go. Lord, we have to and then see how it's like there. <laughs> Send them to the swine. So, verse 13. And at one, Jesus gave them permission. Then the unclean spirits went out. They went out by a man 
and entered a shrine. There were about 2,000, 2,000 pigs, swine. And the head ran violently down the steep place into the sea and drowned in the sea. The, the swine didn't know, what, they didn't, want, they didn't know what happened to them. They were just eating and suddenly they also lost their minds. <laughs> they also became mad. Became mad. <laughs> Hello? Now, look at this story. If you haven't thought of it, we have said that demons like to inhabit human beings. They don't like to inhabit animals. They don't like animals. But this time they were hot. They were hot. They were, they were, they were in danger of being sent out to the dry places. So, uh, please, send them to the swine. Let us enter the swine. So, Jesus said, okay, if it's a swine you want, then enter the swine. Go. 2,000 pigs, swine. So there must have been more than 2,000 demons inside this man. What man? They enter the swine, then they realize that the swine also was not comfortable. They were not comfortable there. Swine. Who wants, who wants to be in a swine? You were in a man, now in a swine. Now, the only way you go, Jesus can, you cannot actually come and cast them out of the swine again. They requested to go in the swine. Now they were in the swine. You see, and the swine cannot talk. People cannot talk that, Lord, come and deliver me. So, the only way they can come out is if the swine die. Die. So, they ran violently down the mountainside into the sea, drowned. They drowned all the swine because they don't like inhabiting dead bodies. And that's the only way they could come out. Better to go around the dry places than to be in a swine. So let's kill the swine so that we can come out. And that's what they did. That's what they did. And now I've said that, look, if you have, you know somebody who was demonized, somebody who was, could not serve God, this person, this person is wicked. You can see all these things, the person, when that person is about to die, don't go and sit by his or by her side, stroking himself because your father or mother your sister, brother, because you love him when he's dying. When he dies, the demons inside of him will come out. They don't inhabit their bodies. And when they come out, you are the only target around. They may enter into you. They may enter into you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I heard it said that, um, you know, some time ago, many years ago, I, 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 there was a chief who was installed in a village. And when the chief, after the chief had gone through all the rituals, the chief's character changed. His character changed. He was a, an educated man before becoming chief. After, after going through the rituals, ceremony of chief chancy, such on as two and all, libation and all that, his character changed. Two things. He became a glutton. So so the sense in there, they knew that that particular two, the name they gave to the chief, second, no? that to all those who have had they, they like food. So this chief also started eating. Then he started chasing girls. So they could see it in a man. So these people, when they enter you, then they begin to give you some quotes. After you can't serve God. I mean, the reason why many come to this church, they're not able to stay, is that they don't listen to these things. 
And you see, especially as you get blessed, as the Lord begins to bless you, you may find yourself now having to associate with some people, and if you're not careful, they may influence you. Satan can use even your job. The job that you do. It's why you're busy, man. Now you are too busy. You are a big man, big woman. Now have to go to church every Sunday. Let the, those, the, new, the new convert, let them go. Now, you don't, now your sickness is gone. Why are you worrying yourself? Now you have you, you become prosperous. You have money. Enjoy the money. First you were poor. Now you are, you are, now you are prosperous. You, you, also need to, you also need to enjoy small. Praise the Lord. Put your hand there for Jesus. Verse 14. So those who fed the swine fled. They fled. And they told it in the city and in the country. And they went out to see what it was that had happened. Then they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon possessed and had a legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. They were afraid. And those who saw it told them how it happened to him who had been demon possessed and about the swine. Then they begged then they began to plead with him. They began to plead with Jesus to depart from their region. Look at this. Then they began to plead with Jesus to depart from their region. And when he got into the boat, he who had been demon-possessed begged him that he might be with him. However, Jesus did not permit him, but said to him, Go home to your friends and tell them what great thing the Lord has done for you. And how he has had compassion on you. And he departed and began to proclaim in the capitalist four cities all that Jesus had done for him. And all marveled. All marveled. May we all marvel at these things. Those who knew this madman, instead of being happy, and therefore, welcome. They, they pleaded with Jesus that Jesus will go away. We don't want you here. We have come to kill our swine. Let's go. And God has not fallen himself on anybody, so he departed. He departed. But the one who received a miracle said he wanted to follow Jesus. He said, No, you go and preach the word. Proclaim what great thing the Lord has done for you. And this man obeyed. He went to four cities. The couple is four, uh, four cities. Preaching and telling people the great thing that God had. They knew him. And all marveled. All marveled. Hallelujah. That's one way you maintain your deliverance. Clap your hand for Jesus. The only means by which an unclean spirit will go out of a man it's through the power of God. Jesus said, when an unclean spirit goes out, I see they go back and say, no. The only means, the only way an unclean spirit will go out of a man is through the power of God. By which it is forced out. It is forced out. Or cast out. We don't beg the demon to go. We don't plead with the demon to go. No. The power of God forces them out. Cast them out. And this can happen in, four, in three ways. Remember, the only means by which, by which a demon can go out of a person is through or by the power of God that forces them out. 
because they are in their house. They are my, my house. He like he's sitting in his living room watching TV, drinking some soft drink. Then he says, "Son, he says, oh, get out, get out.' Will he, do you think you go easily? No, suddenly go out. And you, you know what happens when they come here? Why, why did I come here at all? Why did I come here? What did I come to do here? Praise the Lord. And there are some pastors who know this. So therefore, they, they shy away from deliverance. They don't like it. They don't like it. They don't like, there are many pastors who don't, they don't like deliverance at all. They are afraid. They know they have not been gifted to do it. So they don't go near deliverance. They don't do it. They rather have a deliverance pastor who is equally ungifted to do the deliverance. They themselves will not do deliverance. They will preach and do awesome, but they will never do deliverance. Because then they come into direct confrontation with demons. They know they don't have the gift. They have not been commissioned to do that. So they will not, they will not go into it. Only three ways can a demon be cast out. And all to the power of God. Because they are cast out. Now, number one, by God's direct power, God can decide by his own compassion, by his own mercy, to deliver a person. But that means after a person has become a believer, not an unbeliever. First of all, the person has become a believer, has to accept Jesus. That person is not mad. Not mad, but a demon occupying some part of him or her can be the soul, can be the body. Or a demon can be monitoring the person, destroying the person's fortunes. In a job you apply, regret. In a job for no, no promotion. You don't, you, don't, you don't get anywhere. You don't get anywhere. We, we, we had to deliver a man here. This man, this man had a wife and, a wife and children, had a family, and he had a girlfriend. And the girlfriend turned out to be a, a witch. Now, witches have, they have demons that they send out to do things for them. And anytime it's payday, when it's time to pay the workers, you work for a company, they'll pay everybody else. Everybody in the company will get their pay. Only that man, they say, oh, you wait. Wait. They will hold on to his pay for a month, two months. Then when his girlfriend is, needs money, when the woman needs money, then she will allow the company to pay him. So that's why I know I just can't influence him. <laughs> when she had money, she could influence the company to withhold this man's salary for two, three months, no pay. The man will be suffering. And the company said, No money, no money. As soon as the woman needs money, then she will release the company to pay the man. Knowing that the man will, the man will come with the money, no, I just you know, take the money from him. When a person becomes a believer, God may deliver him. God by God's direct power. But this is not this is not very common. It's not common. It can happen if you are in a hot church, a Holy Ghost filled church. Listen carefully. It can happen if you are in a Holy Spirit filled church and you are regularly in the presence of God. You are always the presence of God. You never miss any church meeting. And you take part in everything that is going on. You listen to the word carefully. And you take the word home. When you go home, you keep playing the word. The message. You don't go and listen to worldly music. 
Don't go and listen to ka 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 operate incognito when you don't know they are there you don't know then that's when then they are killing you you don't know that they are the ones killing you but this kind of teachings exposes them so you take it home and you listen to it over and over and over and over and over again you turn it on loud then as time goes on you can see your deliverance taking place deliverance taking place any evil spirits in the area will now flee from your house. They can't come near your house anymore. Anything they are doing that they cannot do, they just leave you by God's direct power through His word in the name of Jesus. Church, say amen. amen. Clap or two hands for Jesus. If, if we all do this, you don't need anyone to lay hands on you. You may not lead anyone to take you to deliverance. But we find difficult, this simple thing we find difficult to do. Then, number two, again, God's power working in an anointed believer in the name of Jesus, working, God's power again, working through or in a person who is anointed in the name of Jesus. Now, Mark 16, 17. Mark 16, verse 17. We know the right, but take it again. Mark 16, 17 says, and these signs will follow those who believe. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take out serpents. If they bring anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. Now, when we read this, we think that, oh, every believer will get all these things. So, if a believer can go and drink DDT, it will not do anything to you. If they drink any deadly thing to not hurt to bad means hurt them. They will pick up serpents, cast out demons. No. These things will happen to people as and when they are necessary. In other words, if you have not tongues, we all speak with tongues. The sign of the Holy Spirit in coming upon you, baptism. But when it comes to picking up serpents, not every Christian who is gifted to have the anointing to pick up serpents, cast out demons. And if you don't know, and somebody puts DDT in your food, not deliberately, somebody puts it there, you don't know, like don't go and drink DDT deliberately. That's, that is tempting God. Right? You are tempting God. You are tempting God. Of course, you will die. And you understand. You understand. But if somebody puts DDT in your food, and you don't know you drink it, it's not, it's not happen to you. Nothing will happen to you. So, these things happen to as individuals at God worlds, at the Holy Spirit worlds. So don't go and say, I'm going to pick up serpents. You see a serpent, cobra, and then you stretch out your hand to pick it up deliberately. Casting our demons to, it is not for everyone. The other we saw, we were here when some church here, they were trying to do deliverance. One evening, Tuesday, when they have all gone home, midweek, I don't know, I think it was a Friday. We are closer. I was in the office when we heard loud noises here. 
We were in the office when we had all gone home. Loud noise. So we came out. I didn't come. I sent them off. And some church here, they were trying to deliver a woman. And they couldn't deliver her in the church. The woman was going home. They were following her home. And they come out. A woman too was going home. Okay, come out, come out, come out. The woman was walking home. And five, five pastors were following her. Come out, come out, come out, come out. So when the woman got here, then she sat down and started making a call. And while she was still making a phone call, the pastor said, come on, Jesus, come on. And she was still making a phone call. <laughs> so we, there was a lot. So I, I sent Amos to go and find And Amos can say, now they come and see some deliverance taking place here. <laughs> and when we came out, they were, they were, was sitting down making a phone call comfortably. And five pastors were commanding the, the mobile phone to come out of it. I don't know. Praise the Lord. So, if you have not been gifted to do deliverance, don't try it. Don't try it. Now, Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Acts 10, 38. Acts 10, 38. The Bible says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. All who were oppressed by the devil. Now, number three. God's power working through God's power can work through the person who is inhabited by the demon. In the name of Jesus. God's power can again work through the inhabited person, himself or herself, in the name of Jesus. And this is called self-deliverance. This is called self-deliverance. Now, this can be dangerous. It can endanger the person's life, and it can endanger the lives of those who are around him or her. And therefore, it must not be routinely done. It should not be recommended. Self-deliverance, the person, this is somebody who knows that no, she can see, or he can see that there are demons indwelling him. And maybe, I don't know, for some reason, he's have to do self-deliverance. Self-deliverance is, you, the person puts his hand on his forehead and commands the demons to come out. Before the demons, they may not come out, but when they see that you are trying to harass them, harm them, they can throw you into the fire. They can wound you. So you will not try it again. That will be your first and last. You will not worry them again. They, it can be dangerous. And if you have children in the house, they can even use it to harm their children. Damage their children. So self-deliverance is not to be routinely practiced. Unless there are people there who can restrain you. But it can take a long time because you the person, as yourself, you are inhabited. You are trying to deliver yourself. It can take a long time. Take a long time. So, the preferred means, number one, is to have somebody take you to deliverance. Who is anointed? Who has been called by God to deliverance? That is the number one. That is the preferred. That is what we do here. Number two, if also you are committed enough and you are serious and you can see that, oh, this thing happened to me, definitely there is a demonic reason for that. And therefore, 
I will not depart from the house of God. Every meeting, Sunday, Tuesday, or whatever you are here, every program from beginning to end, you are here, and you listen carefully, and you put what you hear into practice. To practice. And then you also take the message home, and you listen, listen, listen. God can then deliver you. Without you say, oh, the, the problem is gone. It is gone. Without anyone laying hands on you, without anyone delivering you, I remember when we were in Morocco many years ago, they had a deliverance pastor called uh, Raymond, Raymond, um, what was it, Raymond, um, Pastor Raymond. He was a deliverance minister. But this guy was not, clearly wasn't anointed to do deliverance. He didn't have the anointing. And every Tuesday or so, he would take a bus load of people to Water Forest. He'd be there the whole day casting out demons and drinking pure water. So you come back tired and um, no deliverance. So he said that you should you go and pray and get more anointing. That you get more anointing. You see, God will anoint you depending on what he has called you to do. How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He said he couldn't do anything until he was anointed. The Holy Ghost came upon him. That's when he began his ministry. So this man said that you go and pray and get more anointing. And he told everybody that he was traveling. He began with a lie. Told everybody that he was traveling. That was a lie. He wasn't traveling anywhere. So he lied. And then he locked himself in his room. His room. Locked himself up. And he said to do 100 days of fasting and prayer alone. 100 days. When Jesus did 40 days, Elijah did how many? 40. Moses, 40. He was going to do two and a half times that, so that you become two and a half times more, more anointed than Jesus. 100 days. Why do you have to do 100 days? Why do you have to do 100 days? I mean, he tried. He went to 27 days. I found 27 days. When he became unconscious, he became unconscious. He lost his consciousness. So now, I mean, demons have been, demons that they have tried to cast out, now they have attacked him. So when they broke down the door, there he was unconscious. Pastor Raymond, come Miracle Church. I went to visit him when he was admitted at Nyaho Clinic. And he was paralyzed. So they attacked his soul, they attacked his body. So I went to visit him. And one day he was paralyzed. Couldn't walk. And he was not himself. Eventually, he died. He didn't come out. He died in the hospital. No, no, nothing they did. Nothing they did could help him. That day, I went to Bishop. It was Bishop who asked me to come with him. I went with him. I went to visit him. Now, I know better. Now, I know. If, though, if it had been now, I was brought out of Naho Clinic take him to the church and then we'll take him to deliverance. That's what Bishop have done. That's what, he, that's what he should have done. Because that I was, I was, many years ago I was new in ministry. That he should have known that the man was demonized. So you have taken him out of hospital and prayed for him, take him to deliverance. And maybe you have lived. But we went to visit him and we left him there. He died. He died. Praise the Lord. So, before you stretch out your head, 
for someone to put his hand on to deliver you, make sure that a person is qualified to do so. I have had occasion to, to deliver even pastors. 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 One of them we did, I think it was a, was it? After church. Usually it happens when you have all gone home. <laughs> when you close, don't be in the hurry to go. So my wife and uh, you and who were the, the ushers? You and uh, uh, Mary Tegu. My, my wife and Mary Tegu were the ushers in my office. When they brought this pastor. He was a pastor. Pastor in a church. And we cast out not less than eight demons out of him. Eight demons. They were all, all going one by one, one by one, one by one, one by one. My wife and uh, Metek were, were, were the ushers. I don't know who else was there. And so, it's, but fortunately, it wasn't difficult. Go, then to go. Now, now I will come. Who are you? Out, in Jesus' name. Off. And eight of them. And after that, they were monitoring him. This man had bought land at Kaswa. He lost all the land. His shop was not prospering. He was a pastor. And he was going through his body also, he was almost dead when they brought him. He was going through attack in his body. It was the wife who brought him. The man was almost dead, the pastor. And he, 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 he recovered. He was healed, cured. And they began to prosper. His shop now is prospering, doing very well. And I've seen before. There was another pastor who told me that oh, his church was growing when we were in chapter 3. His church was doing very well. He came. Well, 500 and the church is going down. There are about now 50 left. When I pray for him in the office, demons. A pastor. People under him, I said, in the church. Demons. You have to cast them out. I was lying down, talking and screaming and come out. So, it's important to know these things. And that's why it's dangerous to just go to the park and say you are going for deliverance or go for some fellowship somewhere for deliverance. You don't know the person. Praise the Lord. Now, finally, remember, and this is a very important point I'm going to make here. Final point here. See, deliverance should be no one should be a, a one a one time thing. Go, the devil go, the demon goes, and that is it. That is it. And we see that happening in many people. But very often, deliverance has become a process because of some things. Deliverance has become a process. Normally, generally speaking, ideally, deliverance should be a one-time experience. In Jesus' name, come out. The demon says, I'm going, I'm going, I'm leaving, I'm leaving. Then that is it. But, because of things, because of some things, deliverance has now become, for a long time now, a process. Taking a length of time. And going through several deliverances. Because of something I'm going to mention soon. Because of that, because of these things, deliverance has become no longer a one-time thing. The demons go. They go. They, they do go. But it's become a process. Now, if they go, why has it become a process? Why should it take time? Now, it does not require experience. There are several experiences. There are several different episodes or meetings. It is no longer a one-time experience, but several experiences. One, this is because demons can be stubborn. They are stubborn and resilient. And they, keep, they want to come back. We've, we've heard. He said, 
I'll go back to my house. From where I, I'll go back to my house. From where I came. They didn't come alone. So he goes to call seven other demons on clean space more wicked than himself. So now they have backup. They are now a team. They are an army. So now they can face you. And the last state of that person is worse than before. So demons can be stubborn. They are resilient. They don't give up easily. They want to come back. They like to come back. And they always try to come back. Always try to come back. Jesus happened to him. Temptation in the wilderness. Peter telling him not to die. God not guessing money. The devil keeps, kept, on, kept on trying, trying. From different angles. Temptation in the desert, in the wilderness. Peter telling him not to die. In the garden of Gethsemane. The devil, you know, <laughs> all kind of things. And then when he was being hanging on the cross, finally, come down if you are the son of God. Come down. And we'll believe you. Even on the cross, you are being tempted. You are being tempted to come down. You don't give up. Satan does not give up. That's why we must not give up either. Praise the Lord. Number two, because many believers are not watchful enough. The reason they keep coming back, the kind of process that we are not watchful. We take a long time to get the Holy Spirit in feeling because you know we get delivered, then we go away and we are swept, put in order, but empty. Swept, put in order, empty. The second reason. Because we are not watching, and then we keep on opening the door. The people we move with, the things we talk about, places we go to. Absenteeism from church. We are going to deliverance, and we come to church only once every two weeks. And then when you leave, you go home. All that you've heard, that is it. Until the next meeting, you, you, your, your house is not even, it's, it's not Christian. Your house is not godly. Your friends coming in and going out, all kinds of people. Kinds of people. We are not watchful enough. We are not sober. We are not vigilant. The words are watchful, sober, vigilant. The person next to you, does he mind the things of God or the things of the world? And the person is putting ideas into you or telling you things to do. Many of us are not courageous. We are not bold enough. God told Joshua, be of good courage. Be bold. As I've been with Moses, so will I be with you. Moses was somebody who just kept himself. He was like a recluse. And Joshua is going to take over. So God, uh, God, God called me not, not, not like five times. Be courageous. Be bold. Be of good courage. They're not courageous because now they say, oh, this, and then we rather follow, follow this instead of following God. Oh, Sunday, today, 
talking about demons in humans. I've announced it. But then they say, oh, uh, uh, your relative is having some thanksgiving service here. So let's go, then you go there. <laughs> thank God. You're afraid that your relative is here. Thank you, you are afraid of the anger of that your relative. So you follow him or her to that thanksgiving service in the, in the cathedral. We are, not, we are not courageous. We are not bold. We are not watchful. We are not vigilant. We are not sober. And we don't receive the word of God in its entirety. And therefore, though the spirit is cast out, swept, put in order, empty, empty, empty. So, demons will go and then they come back. Or they follow you in your house. Follow you. And therefore, I'm, 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 I'm longer to take you to deliverance who hasn't got, who has not believed. I, I made that mistake many years ago. This woman walked into our church like this. And she was suffering. Suffering. So I had pity on her. First time in the church. So along I said, what's wrong with this? Oh, for the past three months, her leg, in fact, was her ankle, swollen and painful. She can't walk. And getting worse. I had pity on her. She wasn't a believer. Walk, just walking to the church. Not only that, but she said, oh, she was a very wealthy, wealthy person, shops at Okanshi, Accra. Wealthy. She was a very, very wealthy woman, successful businesswoman. Then suddenly, the business started going down. Went down. Now she had to rent out, sell out all the shops. She was losing, losing money. So now, the money left. She said, so she had to buy a taxi. Because now all the shops were gone. So the little man that was, she bought a taxi. So I think the taxi would go out and come in every day for a chop. She bought a taxi. The taxi went to town only once. First day, there was an engine problem. And they had to tow the taxi back in his park in the house. Then the leg. The leg. So I knew that oh, this was an attack. And when we started praying for her, you can imagine. You, where do you know her? Where was any of our home? The woman came from the water region. Was any? Then they started telling me all sorts of things. They even told me more than the woman herself knew. So we, I mean, we listened to everything, and in Jesus' name, we cut out the demons. And immediately, this woman who came walking like this, it didn't take three hours, it took no less, no less than five minutes. There she was now jumping. And I said, I said the, the, the pain is gone. The pain is gone. And we all glorify God. And I advised her about Jesus, accepting Jesus and all that. He said, okay. She went home. We didn't see her for two weeks. <laughs> we didn't see her in the chair for two weeks. Then I think third or, third or fourth week she came. Now when she came, not only was she doing this, but <laughs> both, both legs. Down, both legs. I've got, I've got her name. She couldn't walk on this. I couldn't walk on. So. 
when I saw her, I knew what had happened. Then we said, we just take her to deliverance. The demon said, ah, yes, we, we, we left. We came out of her, but we went to Wida. We went to Benin Republic. This is what they said. They said we went to Benin. Not even, they didn't stop in Ghana. They didn't stop in Togo. They went to Benin Republic. And they have recruited more wicked spirits. They have come. Now, let's see what you can do. Now, I knew that if, yes, we could have cut them all out, but now, from there, they will go to Nigeria and get more. So, I said, no, I won't take you to deliverance. Stay in the church. Accept Jesus. Make sure that you get the Holy Spirit to fill you up. And then we'll take you to deliverance. That will be it. She went away and never saw her again. That's the last time we saw this, we saw this woman. I don't know what happened to her. And I'll not forget that woman. I'll never forget what happened to her. And since I'm very careful, when they present to me somebody who is fresh, if they're a new convert, I say, let's wait. I'm not going to take this person. Yes, in Jesus, we can cast out a demon. But after that, what will happen? She's swept, put in order, but empty. Empty. Church, what we have heard today is a lot. Is that a part one? Next, we're going to look at a deliverer. Somebody now who is a believer. A believer. Who is a believer? We're going to look at next week the case of a believer. I don't think that being a believer makes you exempt. No, you are not. We're going to look at the believer. First, the unbeliever. That next week, we look at the unbeliever. Then the believer. We'll end with the believer. Next week, brief one. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for joining us for the Sunday morning's Bible study and sermon. We believe you have been blessed by the word. Join us same time next Sunday and have a blessed week.